Hello and welcome to the Daily Post with Sachin Hadao and Milan Bandari, where we talk about all the things worth talking about in the magical world of the NBA. I am your co-host, Milan Bandari. And I'm Sachin Hadao. And today we will be covering the recent upsets, both with the Raptors and Celtics series and with the Heat and Bucks series. And for our main section today, we are going to be talking about the Heat upset and the Raptors upset. I am going to be talking about why the Bucks lost. So, first of all, there are a lot of reasons why the Bucks lost to the Heat, why the Bucks got destroyed by the Heat. And one of the reasons is they just weren't playing at their best. We've seen them destroy teams in the regular seasons, like leaving them in the dust but they just couldn't seem to get a sense of urgency going. They were playing at a slower pace than normally, and they just it just didn't look good. They were taking bad shots the entire series. It just wasn't a pretty thing. Also, when Giannis injured his ankle, no one stepped up except for Chris Middleton. And when and that wasn't really a step up. Also, we should keep in mind that they are not a regular, they're not a playoff team. They're not a playoff team at all. They clearly don't have the toughness and mental toughness to be a playoff team. They are a regular season team. They're a team that does well in the regular season and is a garbage dump in the playoffs. Such and why did the Heat win? This is pretty easy. I would say... The matchups and the versatility. First, we need to cover matchups. The Miami Heat have skills. They have power. I wouldn't say star power necessarily, but a lot of those players, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Jimmy Butler. Well, Jimmy Butler is a certified star. But all of these are budding talents, and they are amazing in their respective positions. Meanwhile, the Bucks, it's more of a Giannis versus everyone. Chris Middleton, he's there. Brooke Lopez, he's there. They're not too good. Neither is um, Eric Bledsoe. Not any certain player really stands out on the Bucks, except for Giannis. There is equality on the Heat. And that brings me to team chemistry. The Heat have perfectly integrated systems and that's why they are proving that they can win and when you have a jimmy butler leader who has that type of mentality and is enforcing that type of mentality on the team you know you have a playoff team you know you have a playoff team right there and the heat are really showing this and they have versatility they have shot blockers they have great rebounders they have perimeter defense they have threes they have mid-range they have slashing They have anything that you could want on a team. They have depth. Depth is the main thing. If you were to ask anyone, doesn't need to be an analyst, doesn't need to be anyone with a certain superior basketball knowledge. If you ask anyone, would you rather have a team full of players who are decent at everything or have some players who aren't the greatest at certain things but really excel in certain things like shooting, or maybe they're really good rebounders or really good defenders. Anyone would choose a team with depth. Depth is what won the Warriors championships. 
depth is depth is what won the Raptors that championship in 2019. So we really need to look at the lineups and see how much the Heat overmatch the Bucks in almost every category. It's Giannis versus the Heat at this point, and you cannot win with one good player and everyone else being eh, pretty decent, you know, can do this and that. So I feel that the Heat won because of their entire team, not just one player. So Millen, would you like to cover the next upset? How, why the, uh, why the, I would like to cover. So this is, we're going to be talking about the Celtics Raptors upset. So this is an interesting case, okay? Because earlier I was talking to Sachin about this and he said that it wasn't an upset. But I say that it is an upset. And I'll tell you why it is an upset. Because the Raptors are a higher-seeded team. They got beaten by a lower-seeded team. Upset. Another reason why it was an upset is literally no one predicted the Raptors to lose that series. Everyone thought that the Raptors would win. But did they? No. They got beaten in a double overtime. Sachin, can you give me some more reasons why? Why what happened happened? Yes. Um, I would like to say that not necessarily. I wouldn't think that the Raptors were everyone's prediction to win that series. A lot of people actually were saying, oh yeah, the Celtics, definitely the Celtics might win this. But one thing you have to agree, literally there is no one on the planet that said, oh, the Celtics are going to sweep, or oh, the Raptors are going to sweep, or oh, it's going to end in five games or anything. No. Everyone knew this was to be a competitive series. And it was. So I, I cannot be sitting here. I cannot sit here and tell you that the Celtics deserve to win. If the Raptors were to win, I could not sit here and tell you the Raptors deserve to win, and I knew they were going to. Because the truth is I did not, and neither did anyone else on this planet. This was an extremely close series. The matchups were extremely close. The multiple of these games went into double overtime. That many of them were off of buzzer-beating game winners. This went to a game seven, which was decided by four points. No one could ever tell what the outcome was going to be, regardless of what it is. No one was going to be able to tell. So I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I, if I couldn't argue for the Raptors, and I can't argue for the Celtics. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And now I feel that in more recent events, I think that we have to talk about the Nuggets Clippers upset. The, the Denver Nuggets, if I am not mistaken, they were the five seed or four seed, and they beat the two seed in the West. I mean, that's insane. They pushed it to a game seven, and they literally saved their season by some insane performances by Nikola Jokic. And and what's his face? Jamal Murray. And I will tell you why the Celtics, not the Celtics, why the Clippers lost. It's as easy as the fact that they got cocky. They had the better team, the much better team. And yet, once they got a 3-1 lead, they were like, bam, we're going to win. Because it's almost guaranteed that you win those games. But they just couldn't pull it off. Their play got lazy. Their team chemistry 
deteriorated and pandemic P was at its finest. Sachin, can you give me a reason why the Clippers, not why the Nuggets won? Of course. This is, this is plain and simple. The Nuggets have shown, this is what I'm talking about. If you go, if you go through the teams, you look at it, you see but Milwaukee Bucks, regular season team. Miami Heat are a playoff team. The Celtics are a playoff team. The Toronto Raptors are a playoff team. Yes, they lost, but by barely. They, they, if you had to redo that series, 50% of the time they would have won. Let's be real here. They're a playoff team. Clippers, sort of. But the Nuggets, they're really showing. When their back is against the wall, when they're under pressure, when they need to win or else they lose, their season is over. That really shows what they can do. Uh, just like how the commentators were telling over the game, anyone who watched it in game seven, what happens when you take an orange and you, and you put pressure on it? You get orange juice. Orange juice is the insides. So in other words, when you're under pressure, the true you really comes out. And you see that the Nuggets were most definitely tougher mentally, and they were prepared for this challenge. And it really shows. I don't think if you were to redo that series with three one again, I do believe Denver would win. I do, and I'm being dead and I'm being dead definitely, definitely, Sachin. They most definitely would have won again. And honestly, if you gave them a restart zero zero the series, I think that the Nuggets would have swept. I know, I know this sounds crazy, but if they were to do it over again, the Nuggets they wouldn't push it to another game seven. They would sweep them. Because, basically, I think that's what the Nuggets' strategy is. They go down to a 3-1, then they figure out how the other team plays, and then they use that to their advantage and kick butt. It's honestly, it's, it's amazing. It's legitimately amazing how the, how the Nuggets were able to pull that off twice. I mean, you have to give some props to their coach. I mean, amazing coach. Absolutely amazing. I do want to point out that I don't think that was a strategy whatsoever because no one wants to be in situation. No one's going to go into the playoffs and tell themselves, hey, you know how to make our bodies get destroyed and deteriorated by playing Game 7's two straight series? Let's go down 3-1, be stressed, and put our bodies on the lines because we have to play the maximum amount of games in back-to-back series. Let's go do that. No one says that. Here's the thing. The Nuggets, I think this is the case, and I would really like to commend them. This is what I was talking about the whole time. This is the first team in NBA history in one year of the playoffs, in two separate playoff series, back-to-back, they overcame a 3-1 deficit. That is amazing, and I really applaud them for that. They're the only team. It doesn't even have to be back-to-back series. They're the only team in, in, come back from a 3 0 lead in any series. Like, conference twice. finals, finals. No, yeah, they're the only people to do it twice. It's honestly crazy. I know. So, yeah, that really does show. But I think team chemistry was not necessarily a problem with the Clippers. But, yes, I would agree when you said cockiness. That's exactly what I would agree with. The Clippers were coming to this series like, oh, yeah, we beat, the, we, we beat them last series. We're good. Now we're going against the Nuggets. Okay, big deal. Who cares? We're going to win. And then when you went up 3-1, that, like, overflowed their ego. If it was, like, a cup, 
it's spilling now. And this caused Nug to take game one, or the next game. Oh, who cares? Next game. Oh, I guess I kind of care. Game seven. Oh, shoot, we lost. That's exactly what it was. So I think, think yeah, that's really that's that's really accurate. I mean, the amount of cockiness that they had going into the series, and then when they got that lead, it inflated their egos to the max. Like, it's literally like um, imagine um Shaq, but multiplied by a billion times. That's how the Clippers felt. Is that pretty accurate, Sachin? I guess. The way that I see it, I see are two types of playoff teams that consider themselves tough. Or players, you could say. There's the Patrick Beverleys who consider themselves tough, but in reality, all they are is some annoying minds. And then there's Marcus Smart. There's people like Marcus Smart who genuinely put in the hustle and the care and they really have that dog type of mentality that Kobe type of mentality that Muggsy Bogues type of mentality they really show that through uh and that and that shows with the series ending how that happened in game seven Marcus Smart showed up with that big chase down block meanwhile Kawhi Leonard is sitting there six of 20 like nothing happened not even caring He's just sitting there with his stupid 6 of 20, uh, terrible box score, trash shooting and everything. Uh, he doesn't care. Paul George is sitting over there. Uh, who cares? Not a big deal. They, they, they don't have that type of mentality. They don't really have the want it. They don't really want it as much as people like the Celtics, as much as people like the Raptors, as much as people like the Heat. They don't want it that much. And that's a lesson. That's a lesson. That's a lesson. That you don't let cockiness get to you. Because if you do, it'll be the last thing. Yeah, like, the championship isn't going to be on a silver platter for you. You're going to have to go through an obstacle course. There are going to be people shooting at you. Figuratively, figuratively. But, like, it's, it's crazy how the amount of drive and determination the Heat and Celtics have. Honestly... I think that we're going to have a Heat and Celtics East in a couple of years. Honestly, I mean, you see the players, like, they're not even in their primes, not even close. You see Jason Tatum, he's in his third year of the, in the NBA, and he's putting up huge numbers, making huge plays, knocking down clutch free throws. I mean, he's going to be a 30-point-per-game scorer, averaging a triple-double in a couple of years. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, and the thing about that, I was feeling that this Celtics Heat game, well, we already saw game one, but I'm feeling if this ever goes to a game seven, which let's be honest here, we, I, I might bet, <laughs> I'll bet on it that it's going to go to game seven. You have the clash of the two top dogs in the East, and they are really showing not only their play style, not only their skill, but their mentality. And I feel game seven, if this ever goes to game seven, this is going to be an instant classic. Instant. Mamba instant. mentality at its finest. Honestly, that's, that's what I'm going to leave it at. Mamba mentality at its finest. And with that, this has been the Daily Post, and we will see you in a short break. Thank you. Okay, so... 
as you guys know, I like to do mini segments. So this mini segment is going to be about Pandemic P. And is he real or not? So we all know Paul George, one of the most elite NBA players. But is he really as bad as people think that he has been in the bubble? Actually, he hasn't. He's honestly, he's putting up 25 points per game, which is three points more than his regular season stats. Also, he's been doing pretty well as a play, as a person standpoint for his team. He's been contributing um, like physically with his plays and with his words. And I would like to say that I think that pandemic P, playoff P, it's all a myth. He just hasn't had a good team. But this year, there's no excuse for him. Not at all. Well, well, well. You made it to the end of the third episode. Congratulations. And we'll see you next time on the Daily Post podcast. Stay tuned for more.